as we get to the last part of Ephesians and the last verses of chapter 6, there's a preparation that Paul does for all of us, if we're paying attention, I hope you have been, that we're to put on the spiritual armor because there is a, there's a battle raging. And then as you'll see in the scripture in just a moment, As soon as we get armored up, he tells us the place of prayer, excuse me, the place of battle is prayer. And so that's what God is doing as we finish up the book of Ephesians in the life of those folks there at Ephesus. And in that request of prayer, Paul says, pray for me. So we're going to focus on the importance of prayer. We're going to focus on some of the mechanics of prayer, as it were. But mostly we're going to focus on the person of prayer. Because if we don't understand that when we pray, we're talking to our Heavenly Father, who not only sees and knows, but is, he is, He's the one who created us. He's the one who placed us here, the one who gave us purpose in life. And all of that is, is revealed as we walk through prayer and what it means, particularly as we see it from the biblical perspective. Now, I want to give you a little backdrop that we haven't done so far. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 20, or your devices, whatever you have, and verse 36. The Apostle Paul had actually spent just over two and a half years at Ephesus teaching and ministering to the people there. And some time has gone by, and before this letter is written, Paul is is coming close to Ephesus, but not planning to visit Ephesus. And so he, he asked the leaders of the church there in Ephesians to meet him in a location as his ship is sailing, as he's heading back to Jerusalem, trying to get back there for the Passover. And so he asked them to meet him at Melintus. And they show up on the beach, and he's there with them. And this is the final farewell, beginning in verse 36 to 38, of Paul in his physical presence with the elders and the leaders of the church of Ephesus. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Now, what did he say? He said, one, I'm going. You're never going to see me again. Two, you need to be careful, beware, because there are going to be those who come in who are going to try to destroy this church. You need to be very well prepared and back to the spiritual armor that we're put on for prayer. They knelt down and they prayed. And then they began to weep. They wept out loud. They embraced Paul. They repeatedly kissed him. Now, I hope you can visualize this incredible scene there on the beach. These are the, the product, as it were, of the Holy Spirit using the Apostle Paul to minister in a locality. And they are so overwhelmed with realizing that they're never going to be able to see him again physically, that they're actually going through this process, and it says grieving especially over the word which he had spoken that they should not see his face anymore. And they then accompanied him to the ship. Sometimes I think when we read the Bible, and, and maybe it's, 
it's just our world because we become, I don't know how to say it. Um, how would I say it? Less imaginative about the Bible when we should be, really. I mean, I hope you can, as I read that, and I, I didn't read it with dramatic reading. I just read it that here these folks meet Paul, who is the one that God has used to lead them to Christ and bring them into a place of maturity in their walk in life. And they're so overwhelmed with knowing that they'll never see him again. That they just break down in tears and they weep. And they, and they, they hug on the guy and kiss on the guy. Yeah, I know, guys don't kiss guys, but these guys did, okay? Because there was such an endearment and such a love and such a depth there. And so as we go through the scripture, you're going to see that Paul is really kind of um, reminding or bringing those things to the surface even as he, as he talks to them about prayer. As he closes out the book, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, we haven't got to the part that is our title today, but look what it says. With all prayer. So the first question is, do you pray? Or maybe the better question is, do you know how to pray? We make the assumption that people who, you know, come to a church service know how to pray. Well, prayer really is, in essence, a child us <laughs> talking to our father god in a conversation and i know that over the years uh, at least in the length of time that i've been in ministry used to it was these and thou's because people basically prayed the king james because that's that was the scripture translation they normally read and so they thought prayer had to be in the king james well that's not the case obviously thank goodness with all prayer and petition pray at all times how often is that? <laughs> it's all the time. In the Spirit. Now, this is the point of having this presence of the Holy Spirit in us. We've talked about that, the filling of the Holy Spirit as we come through this book, and how he will guide us and direct us. It doesn't mean that we have to run up and down the aisles and scream and holler because we're in the Spirit or even speak in some uh, language that we don't know. It simply means that we're in the spirit, in this relationship, this intimacy with God. And because we are, then everything that comes up, everything that we're facing, everything that we encounter, doesn't matter what it is. What do we do? We come to the Father. With this in view, with the alert, be on the alert, with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Okay, so one of God's saints just ticked you off. What do you do? Thank you. That wasn't hard. You guys, this, this group right here, you're doing great. They had the right answer. First time. Pray. What if, if there is no excuse for us doing things that are contrary to the word of will of God? There isn't. I'm just telling you, there is no excuse. I don't care who you are. Doesn't matter, um, particularly those of us who've been in Christ for a long time. But even as a new believer, you know, with your children, think about raising your children as you taught them the principles of your home, the rights and wrongs as it was, then they knew that what pleased dad, what pleased mom, what was right, what was wrong. 
Now, how well you did at that or how well any of us did at that is yet to be determined. We all have to learn and grow as our kids learn and grow. But our Heavenly Father, loving us as He does, He looks at us and He says, Okay, as you do this, just know me. Know my will. In fact, as He says, you know, you're praying for all the saints. That means all the saints. That's not even just the folks who are here at CFM. There are saints around the world. You say, how in the world can I do a prayer list that long? Well, here's what I do. I have a prayer list that God has given me over the years of people that I know. You guys, people in other parts of the world. And I continue to pray for those. As God gives me more people, I add those to him. Am I perfect in that? Do I get it every day, every day right? Not every day, most days. Yeah. Because I've been at this a while. I've been practicing and learning and growing in this whole process. And petition for all the saints. What are we asking for? And pray on my behalf. That's where he says, just pray for me too. Now, here's really cool. That utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Is that not cool? He says, here I am chained to this soldier... But it, if you can think back, as we read there in Acts chapter 20, he knows, at least as far as he can understand, that's why he tells them he's not coming back, that he is going to be arrested, he's going to be placed in prison. Now, let's face it, Paul's a weirdo. Because he's actually looking forward to it. You know why? His hope is that the gospel that God has given him will be the gospel that he gives to the royal guard of the emperor of Rome because he knows that's who's going to be taking care of him and watching over him. Our friend from India, a few years ago when he was arrested, and as he was there in prison, he was leading prisoners and guards to Christ while he was in prison. He says, I'm an ambassador. But think about this boldness. Because you see, we all need that. I don't think most of us are going to be prisoners for the Roman government. I don't think that's going to happen. But let me give you a pretty cool Roman story. Rome story. Not Roman, but Rome story. How many of you have ever heard of a Jonathan Isaac? Anybody? Did I get the name right? Jonathan Isaac? Nobody knows who that is? NBA ball player? Is that not his name? Nobody knows who that is? Okay, all right. (laughs) Apparently not a very well-known NBA player, but I just read his book. That was my book for vacation this year, Why I Stand. When the rest of his team, Orlando Magic, knelt rather than stand for the national anthem. He said, I'm standing because... What you guys are proposing as a solution is no solution at all. But the real solution is Jesus Christ. And that's why I will not wear the shirts. And that's why I will not kneel as you guys are kneeling. And it created a huge debacle. As time went on, something interesting happened. They decided to send a um, group of NBA players to visit the Pope in Rome. And he was one of the ones chosen to visit the Pope. And so after his trip, someone asked him, well, 
Jonathan, what did you tell the Pope? What did you talk to the Pope about? He goes, oh, I shared John 3.16 with him. I explained to him that Jesus Christ and his death was what God had done to save mankind. I don't think I'm going to get an audience with the Pope. (laughs) But this man did. And he had boldness. There are people that you guys know that I will never know. And we all need that boldness. So as we're praying for one another, as we pray for each other, let's make sure that our prayers are really, what is it that God is up to? What is it that God desires? What is the will of God? Why are we even bothering to pray? Because there is this need, particularly today in our world, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with whomever, wherever, so that people can be birthed into the kingdom of God. Yesterday, I was talking to a businessman, and he's one of those guys that he's pretty sensitive to God, and he asked me this question. He says, Steve, is it, is it wrong for me to stay in the business I'm in when I could be in ministry and maybe helping people that way? And because I know him, and I know what he does, and I know how he does business, I said, let me explain something to you. There was actually another pastor there. I said, this pastor or myself, they're going to be people that you're going to touch that we'll never know or never have an audience with. And I am not here to talk you out of ministry. But I'm here to say to you that if you're doing this well, which I know you are, then you're touching people every day. And that's true for all of us. It doesn't matter our vocation or our location. We're all touching people wherever we are. The question is, are we touching them with the boldness of God? Are we just kind of pull back saying, well, you know, they may get upset. Now, if we do it, I don't want to say it. If we're trying to shove it down their throat, or if we're, if our lifestyle, that's the one that's the real kicker. If they know, and, and see, here's the, here's the amazing thing. Isn't it incredible that most unbelievers know more about living the Christian life than believers? Ever notice that? Because now, understand, they're talking about this, the superficial stuff. They, they are not, they're not really going deep. They're just the superficial stuff. Because you share Christ with somebody. And they say, well, I know your habits. What makes you better than me? I know your language. What makes you better than me? I know your marriage. <laughs> what makes you better than me? See what I'm saying? That's why it's so absolutely important for us to take the truths that we've learned through all these messages here in Ephesians and others, of course, as well, and realize that as we live this life out, this incredible, amazing, wonderful life that God has given us in Him, as we walk this out, as we pray for each other. And why do we pray for each other? Because we love each other. That's what Jesus said. This world will know that you're my disciples because you love each other. That's how the world's going to know that what I did was truly what God sent me to do because you're going to carry it forward. And if we're not carrying it forward in our everyday life, we did something years ago and maybe we need to do it again. I'm thinking Terry and Mike, maybe trying to think who was involved in that we used to pull people in and do stuff and mess them up we don't do that anymore we've grown up but 
Anyway, what we did was we had a trial. And we took our leaders of our church. I think this is a good idea. It's it's, it's resonating as I say it. We took the leaders of our church and we put them on trial for Christianity. And it was really cool because I put on my black robe. We took the pulpit off and had a bench put up there with a big old chair. And I had my gavel. And we would call them down. And we say, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Well, can we prove that? I'll tell you what. Let's have your wife come down. Let's have your kids come down. If we have any coworkers, we'll get those too. We had a lot of fun with that. The church almost split. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, really, it really went very well. Uh, now, understand, understand, we gave them time to prep for that one. We, that wasn't one of those where I just showed up on Sunday morning and said, Oh, by the way, you're on trial today. Uh, that, ooh, I can only imagine how that would have gone. But as we think about this incredible relationship that Paul had with the folks there at Ephesus, and how he is, he's finishing up his letter because he knows this is really his last communication with them. He, he's already had that last visit, now his last letter. And he's just saying, hey guys, I'm just doing what God intended for me to do. That's what I'm doing. I'm just doing what God intended for me to do. And I want to finish well. I got to tell you, I'm just doing what I know God made me to do. And I got to tell you, I want to finish well. Now, I, again, I'm not thinking that I'll ever be in chains before uh, the emperor. <laughs> but in a fast food restaurant, in line at Walmart, and you know that Walmart, and not just Walmart, all those places have now saved me because you have self-checkout. You know I used to have such a terrible time. Ten items or less, really? You got 12 in your buggy. Come on. <clears throat> Wherever we are, and particularly and especially at home. Now, again, Sheila and I, we're blessed. We've got 51 years of marriage. And we have learned and grown and matured. And we're still learning and growing and maturing. <clears throat> so much fun. Because we have a lot of fun in our relationship. And there's still some dumb stuff I do. Sometimes I do it on purpose. Because I, I know I can evoke a certain response. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's bad. I told you I was growing up. I'm getting there. Jeez. But Paul, as he looks at, as he sends a slider and he's finishing it up and he says this and he says, And this is proclaiming that I may speak boldly so as I ought to speak, but that you also may know about my circumstances and how I'm doing. See, that's, it's not getting up in each other's business just for the sake of knowing someone's business, but being careful enough about other people so that when they have concerns or issues in their life, we're there for them to minister as God gives us grace to do so. To pray, especially. Could you imagine how wonderful church would be, church life would be in America? And I'm just talking about America. It's it's actually being done in other countries where 
every person who attends truly is involved in prayer, praying for all the saints. Can you, can you just think about that for a moment? Can you, can you let your mind go there, what it would be? Because, I mean, let's face it, as we look at our world today, and maybe it's just me, but as we look at our world today, the only thing I can see that's going to help our world is Jesus. Now, I think that was the truth all along, but it's more obvious today. If we've looked to economics, if we've looked to politics, if we've looked to science, if we've looked to education, all those things which have been looked at as the savior of the world for now decades, and we're all seeing it's all false in the sense of that will not save the world. But it's only Jesus. It's back to the NBA player who is saying to the Pope, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that cool? And guess what? We are those ambassadors for him here and wherever it is that God takes us. Tychus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. And he said, I'm sending a messenger. The letter's coming by hand. I'm sending a messenger, and he's just going to tell you how I'm doing. He's going to tell you how I'm carrying out my ambassadorial role here in Rome as I'm chained to the soldier. He's going to tell you how provisions are for me. He's going to tell you how I'm doing physically because Paul had some physical issues if, you're, if you've read through the book of Acts. He's just going, why? Because these folks loved Paul. And they wanted the very best for him. So take a minute. And I know you don't know everybody in the room. But just put your head on the swivel, look around and say, do I really love everybody here? And by the way, let me encourage you, if you don't know everybody here, take some time before the service, after the service, during meet and greet, to find somebody you don't know. Introduce yourself. Because we're all called by God in this place. And it's to be for his glory. So all that said, and we've been through all the scripture, and I know all of you haven't been here for the whole book as we've gone through this study. But we're coming now to the place of, okay, so pray for me. And as I mentioned, just because everybody's or people are here doesn't mean they know how to pray. But what if you had a guide to help you pray? In fact... In Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, is another amazing prayer of the Apostle Paul. And it's broken down on a sheet of paper you're going to get before you leave today of praying for one another every day of the week that comes from that scripture. So let me tell you how we're going to do this, which I think is fun. We're going to have communion. We have five stations. There's three in the front, two in the back. As you decide which one you're going to go to, what's going to happen is there's going to be a couple there holding the bread and holding the drink, and you're going to break off your piece of bread, and you're going to dip it in the juice, and then you're going to put it over your hand because it stains the carpet, just so you know. And then you're going, to, you're going to go with your family, come as a family, and you're going to take it and take communion. This is how we do communion, okay? It's so sweet. The last few times we've been having to use the little uh, cups and whatever those wafers are, cardboard, I'm not sure, you know, 
I think I got one stuck in my mouth last time. It took me a week to get rid of it. <clears throat> we did that for precaution, trying to be really uh, careful because we love each other. But we're back to now doing it by intention where you just you break it off. The bread representing the body of Christ. You dip it. The juice representing the blood of Christ. And knowing that he did that for me. He did that for me. And then, as you're getting that, there's going to be another person at each station with these prayer slips. And we're going to ask you to limit one per family. Just take it home. Sheila and I, we have ours in our kitchen cabinet. You open the door, there's a prayer thing. Put it someplace where you'll be reminded to pray for one another. And when we think of prayer, we know that we can all get distracted. We don't mean to. We don't intend to, but we can. You know, your thoughts start wandering along. And Sheila and I were talking about that. And one of the things I had to do early on for me, because I'd let my mind go in and I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to be able to remember that. I still got to do that. So what I do is I literally put a notepad down. And if I had a wandering thought, I'd scribble it and go right back into prayer. And over time, you discipline yourself, and that's what she and I were talking about. You discipline yourself where you just say, okay, God, you got that. I'm going to leave it, but I know you'll bring it back to my, my remembrance. However you do it, just knowing that the enemy hates the fact that you and I have this intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father and that we can go to Him at any time on behalf of anyone about anything. Is that not amazing? That's us. That's what God has done for us. That's what God has given to us. And so if you all stand, please, if our teams will go to their prospective locations. Remember, you're going to come. I'm going to pray before you you come. But you're going to come. And you're going to do communion. Or you can take the slip for prayer if you want to. Uh, And then you're going to just step aside so others can come. Walk over with your family. You can pray together. However you want to do it. That's why we do this as we do because we, one, we know we, we are family and we are family. But the one thing that has been pointed out to us over the years is that sometimes we have people here that don't have immediate family. So if you see somebody like that, make them a part of your family. Just pull them in. Even if you don't know them, introduce yourself and have communion together. Everybody good? good? Everybody good with us? Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. What an amazing privilege that's ours in you, Lord Christ, to bring glory and praise and honor. Lord, to celebrate the fact that you are God. And Jesus, you're our Savior and our Lord and Holy Spirit. You're the one that's been doing all the work in our lives. And how we can come and we can listen to the Scripture as Paul expresses his heart desire for the folks at Ephesus to pray. And Lord, my prayer for us today is, and my heart desire is for those of us at CFM, to pray. To pray for each other. Bring honor and glory and praise to you. So now as we celebrate communion.
Lord Jesus, your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us. We do so knowing. We do so knowing that this incredible, incredible relationship we have has been bought and paid for in absolute fullness. And thank you that we, as we, in the days to come, we're learning more and more about prayer, more and more about who we're praying to, who we're talking with, and more and more about a discipline of praying for each other on a consistent basis. We thank you for all this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.